you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're back. Uh, I remember last week we went ahead and played some uh, audio that we had recorded live. We were able to share a little bit of that with you. And I'm back with Kevin. By the time you listen to this, uh, uh, Deb and I, Kevin, a bunch of other good friends of ours will be... um, showing up there in Bemidji, Minnesota at the Russian Concordia Language Camp. There's still slots available. We'd love to have you part of that camp. We want you to know that everything's log cabins there, right on a beautiful lake. It looks like a crater lake, and and I mean, God's just uh, really made a beautiful place for us to meet. And I want to say this, it's the best. I'm not taking away from any other camp, but they actually bring in a chef to cook for you every single day. And that changes your life, folks. When you eat like that, it changes things. So we want to go ahead and share that with you. So Kevin, you're, you're in Wisconsin. Now, last time we were all on together, you were in Milwaukee working your way to Camp Joy, back to Milwaukee. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Bemidji. But right now I'm in Baraboo, Wisconsin. I'm in the uh, in the rig. I'm in my home on wheels, and uh, just getting a lot done, brother. Met with some people uh, yesterday for hours that uh, are from the great state of South Dakota, and they are very interested in starting a wounded spirits ministry there. They're just interested in reaching people that are hurting with PTSD. There's several people that serve downrange together and uh, they know they know what the need is and they know what the opportunity is they just need some uh, some help to do it we're excited to provide it wow that's great and uh, so i got this is kind of a tough uh yeah, and I'm, I'm thrilled about, by the way, about those folks in South Dakota. Folks, there's nothing better than people getting together and saying, we're going to make a difference. And then those people, they heard Kevin on the radio. they uh, not exactly sure how that all came to play, but they picked up the phone, spoke to us. Kevin's got a connection. The guy actually, as God would have it, uh, they actually drive through this little town in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere a couple times a week. Only God can plan these things to happen like this. So yep. Ke- Kevin was able to sit down with this man. I just wanted to let you guys know um, just how God works things out. And then if you're one of those people or a group of these people like these gentlemen and you want to reach out to somebody, you don't know where to start, you don't know if you're going in the right direction, you really don't know much, just call us. We don't know much either, but maybe we can figure something out and uh, we can help you along the way to reach your community. So that's a pretty big deal. All right, so we know some things about Abraham and Sarah. So at these Bible quizzes, we so we came out of the last week where we were quizzing Kevin, and I want to let you know that Kevin solidly came out of that last week with an 80 percentile, which is much better than I would have done. And uh, so now I, I've actually found 90 hard Bible trivia questions is what it's called. They're called hard. And uh, so this question... <laughs> Uh, I just got to ask this. It's a, how did Jezebel die? So she was, she was flying down from the, uh, the, 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 the upper story of a, of a building by some eunuchs thrown out the old window, man. Right. They'd thrown down whatever. Yeah. And the door and 
Yeah. The yeah, dogs, dogs ate, her. ate everything but her hands and feet. Yeah. Let me tell you something, folks. If you got dogs looking for your body, it's a bad day. I just want to be up front about you. And, uh, <laughs> but Jezebel, so just to remember Jezebel, Jezebel was married to Ahab. It was a political deal set up with Amri, Ahab's dad. It was the king of Israel there. And, and it was made a deal to try to get more kingdom out of it. So if you marry Jezebel, who was a prophetess of Baal, who followed Baal, thinking that Baal was the god of fire. Remember, that didn't work out for Baal. It didn't work out for Ahab. It didn't work out for the prophets of Baal that were slain up there on Mount Carmel. And then at the end of life, boy, I'm telling you, sooner or later, people are going to pay the piper, Kevin. It's, it's going to happen. And uh, Jezebel got it the hard way. Yeah. And, uh, she got thrown out there and, and, and so Kevin, you know, I've been looking at these different words and we're always talking to people who've been through junk. So I've been going back and forth to bringing up some of the things on narcissism again, or do we, so I, I decided to do this. We're going to start with fear and then starting tomorrow. I want to, I do want to deal. Some of you've been asking questions about grooming and love bombing. And you'll remember that Kevin and I went through a whole section on narcissism and we'll go back a little bit and talk about that as new people enter in. And I do want to talk about how those words may affect you and how those people may affect you. But for today, Kevin, I want to look at fear and uh, boy, fear is something that's in everybody's life. It's just a matter of what level. Unfortunately, some people live in the fear zone. And the Bible talks about that. It talks about people who, well, first of all, the Bible tells us 2 Timothy 1, 7. Let me start that way. For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So this is where we get to the place where we say, well, wait a minute. If God has not given us the spirit of fear and he gives us power, he gives us a sound mind and, and, and those types of things, then, then where does fear come from? Well, fear comes from Satan the God of this world. Uh, uh, and, and so when we think about fear, Kevin, this is what comes to my mind. Whenever I think about fear, my mind automatically projects back to people I've met who've been homebound. People who won't leave the house, people who don't want to leave their home. They're afraid to go out in the real world. Some people have stopped going to church. They won't go shopping. Uh, I mean, they're just, they're just afraid of everything. And, and here's God's word saying, what time I am afraid, I'll trust thee. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So Kevin, what does your mind project to when you think of that word fear? Yeah, exactly what you said. People that are afraid to go out are, are often afraid of triggers. So, you know, you, there's the trauma that took place, whether it was long-term, you know, accumulated or whether it was sudden major trauma, but there's something that's triggering you. And if you're being triggered over and over by common things, then you have a fear of this fear, you know, a fear of, oh no, I'm going to get, <clears throat> I'm going to lose control with, with, uh, a, a, you know, a flashback, something that's going to it's going to just going to make life miserable again. And and I do talk to people who don't go out of their house. There's, there's people, I think there's more people than we know that are, have a social anxiety that, that don't go to church anymore. They drop out of church and it may be because their fear is associated with something that happened yeah. in church. Um, but you know what, if you're, if you're rubber band, I like the illustration, if you're rubber band that was created, uh, if your soul's rubber band that was created to be stretched and, 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 and have some flexibility to it and take on a load is always at its max because of PTSD, 
then you fear snapping because you are at the upper limit constantly. And that fear of, of what happens, you know the bad place. You know the dark hallway that you enter into when you go past your upper limit. And the fear of being in that hallway is so real because of PTSD that you do not interact with people and you do not go out. And it's, uh, it's very rare, very real. But, you know, this, I love the scripture that says that um, uh, uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5 says that um, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That means he's with us in our dark hallway so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper so that I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That means at the worst at, of the worst of the worst, you have the sense that, you know what? God can get me through anything now because I have been in the darkest hallway. I found the Lord there and he led me, like it says in the book of Psalms, to a large room meaning it opened up and I was in a better place than ever at the end of that corridor. And the purpose that God allows trauma is oftentimes a transitional place into a super big place. And boy, that, that for me, just from personal testimony that overcame fear where I'm like, you know what? My rubber band has relaxed down to a normal stress load uh, versus what it was with PTSD. So that I'm able to take on someone else's burden and uh, it's a good place. Yeah, it's a really good place and it, and it doesn't happen. And you know, I was going to say that's sad and that's sad. So it's sad that people get that way. And it's also sad what we call social anxiety disorder. So it's an acronym. And, and just what Kevin was speaking about a minute ago, folks, we've got to grab a hold of this, grab a hold of it for your kids, grab a hold of it for, for your relationship with God who says, I don't give you the spirit of fear. And, and sometimes, you know, quite frankly, there may be a serious medical issue going on. And uh, so so I think if you find yourself in this situation, uh, you maybe should find yourself, uh, you know, going to God, maybe getting a physical to see maybe if there's something within you, uh, chemical wise or something. I'm not sure, but I do know this. God has a plan for us and the plan never includes uh, being found inside of our home 24 seven. Uh, that yeah. plan, you know, for your kids, for your neighbors, for your family, for for God. I mean, number one, for God, get better. For I am persuaded. Remember that where the Apostle Paul is, is writing to the Church of Rome, and his life's upside down all the time. People are after Paul and shipwrecks and beaten up and all kinds of stuff. And, and then he he writes to the Church at Rome, and he wants to, he wants to square some things away. He wants to say, listen, uh, he says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Amen. Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I just want to end with that. I think, it, and, and you know, I kind of went by our time that we got to do what we got to do. So hang with us a minute. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Boy. 
Boy, I tell you, we get away for a few weeks from doing these broadcasts, and man, my my time is more messed up than a soup sandwich. Uh, but anyway, so he's going on, and he's saying, none of these things on earth can ever take you out of the hands of God. So I just want to end with that, and that's what Kevin's saying. You get in that hallway, man, and you get to a better place than you've ever been, and I want you to know that when you can put your fears aside, when you can step out, when it becomes about God and not your fears, when God's power can replace the weakness within you, man, I'm telling you, you're burning on high speed. What do we used to call that? High test gasoline back in the day, praise God. We're talking about that 95 octane loaded in that uh, uh, 67 Mustang, four speed, 289 headers. I mean, just popping it right out there. That was me back in the days. But then it says in the Bible, we've been moving around. We're in the book of John. We're looking at the life of Christ. And and, and man, we're, we're in John. We're going to go to the synoptics after this. We're going to go to names of God. Hey, we're not going anywhere, man. We want you guys to know that we're hanging tight with you. But the Bible says, then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. And so he's talking about going to a place that really don't care for him very much. And of course, the disciples are going to go, whoa, you want to talk about fear, folks? It's here. It's on the scene. His disciples saith unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone me, and goest thou thither again. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, but he that seeth the light of this world but if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light for him. And, and so he's going on, he's talking, and he's comparing, and uh, he's comparing light. He's the light. We know that Christ is the light. And he's going on, and he's comparing walking in the dark to somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. He's talking about the number of hours in a day. He's talking about, hey, we can go. And, 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 and Kevin, there's so much going on here. Remember those uh, verses 1 through 6, just by way of a quick recap, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus the Bethany, so he gets the word. It was Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment. And we remember that. We, he, she wiped her, his feet with her hair. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, him who thou, whom who thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, and when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode still days. So up to this point in this book, Kevin, we've been talking about here's Lazarus, and here's God slowing things down because God has the power over life and death. God has the power to handle this situation. And, and I think the clue that got me here one through six that really rattled my cage is where God says, this is going to be used for the glory of God. And to know that death, to know that illness, to know that trials, to know that life can be used for the glory of God, Kevin, that just fires me up. Yeah, boy, it does. The The way that the Lord allowed something to go horribly wrong and then channeled it into something that was so right, everything was so right. And again, um, the, my thought goes, and I preached Sunday night, I mentioned this Sunday night about Lazarus, that it, the verse earlier said that the, now the Lord loved Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, and then he allowed something to come into their life with that love, because of that love, that would uh, set them forward. You know, it, it looked like a tremendous setback, but it was actually a set forward and Satan's setback is God set forward every time. But I'm I'm looking at um, 
the text that we're, you know, today and the, the, his brethren, excuse me, his disciples, when Jesus said, let's, let's go to Judea. They said, um, are you, you know, they wanted to kill you down there. You, should, you know, that's not a strategic, uh, gain to go down there. And in verse eight, and then that's where he, he started the, aren't there 12 hours in a day? And if any man walk in the day, he stumbles not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. What he was saying is, I would rather go through a dark hallway into a bright room than stay in a dim room the rest of my life. That was his, you know, that's just you know, putting it in a paraphrased uh, application. Uh, it seems like, you know, that God wants us to follow him down that same path. And Mary and Martha, you know, were brought into a dark hallway where they were like, Lord, I thought you loved us. You, so many times you stopped by, we had sweet fellowship and we laughed and we had, you know, chicken together or whatever. We washed your feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We washed your feet. And now you're doing this weird thing that is so out of character for you as far as letting us go through this. And, you know, Doug, a lot of Christians right there say, well, I didn't sign up for this. I, I, if I'm like in the Jesus that comes and laughs with us and we get to, you know, does the feet washing and, and we can, uh, just, you know, talk about the great things to come and what, how wonderful it's going to be in the kingdom someday. And he's like, you know what, is it okay if we just kind of go down this dark hall together? And he's saying, if, if we walk in the day, we stumble not walk in the light. And I'm thinking Jesus is saying, well, wait a minute, that's, the, the light, the next, it's going to, the light's turning off here. This room of Lazarus being alive is going, that's going to, we're going to turn the light off in there. He's going to be dead. And so you're going to pass through the valley of the shadow of death with him for three, four days of dying. And then he's got four days, uh, you know, you know, he's got f four days of death. So he's going to get Smelly. So after he died, really, is, is, it seemed like he died and then Jesus made his way there. But long story short, there was a there was a just long period where they had to endure unspeakable confusion, disillusionment, doubts, discouragement. And is it OK that God would take us down that hallway if that's where the light is leading, where the next room is going to be. And I read the scripture, Doug, that says Psalm 31, verse 8, and has not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. And I tell you what, I want to get into those next large rooms. I don't want to stay. I want to be like Jabez, who said, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, that thy hand might be with me, and thou wouldst uh, uh, enlarge my coast. I want to have a larger influence, and I don't want to stay in, a, in the room that's getting darker and darker. I want to move out. I, I just think it's wonderful that God allows PTSD to do this in my life where we can say, you know what, I feel better off now. You know, the new version of Lazarus after he raised from the dead, I think was better than the former version because he's, you know, he was made without fear. And the second time he's like, you know what, go ahead and kill me, man. This is God's got this thing in hand. And, yeah. Uh, 
it's just good stuff. It is. It is. And, and, and there's so many reminders that I get from this, like trusting in divine timing, you know, overcoming fear, what we started with. What a lesson in these few verses. We got to overcome fear. And exactly what Kevin was saying is uh, walking into life emphasizes the importance of walking in the light, walking with Christ, living with Christ, trusting in Christ, plugging into Christ, doing all those things. And, and, and that just tells us everything. You know, we have to walk in the light of Christ. When we, when we're, when I'm at my most fearful, I'm as far as I can be spiritually from Christ. And, mm-hmm. and, and God's reminding sure. us, walk in my light. And there's courage and commitment to following God, folks. And I know we spit that out there fast and it was a little awkward today. <laughs> and, and <laughs> Because I went by my time a little bit, but I want you to know this, folks, that I think God has a plan for us, and that plan includes trusting him. When we're weak, he is strong. Let him be strong through you, folks. Let him take that fear you have and replace it with his power. It's always faith over fear. We certainly hope you guys have a great day today, and we're looking forward to hopping back in tomorrow, continuing on with the life of Christ. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.